Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith McGuffey. And I'm Mike Templeton. And this week... As I we're... hit the microphone again. <laughs> <laughs> Just, yeah. I, I like that boxing glove sound right after your name. It's great, right? Yeah. It really punches in your name there. Let's you know that I'm here. Right. So... Anyways, Spencer, yeah. what are we doing today? <laughs> yeah. This week, we're covering episodes 7, 8, and 9 of season 6. Of the 1987 series. That is Shrieka's Revenge, Too Hot to Handle, and Nightmare in the Lair. We are, this was the middle point of season six, so we are on, we're heading into that back half. There's only three more episodes of seasons, of season six of, like, episodes. If that made any sense. Yeah, Yeah. so there's 16 episodes total, we're through nine, so there will only be three more of this podcast episodes of the season. If that makes any sense. Yes. <laughs> you know, let's, just go, let's just go for gold and do two episodes. <laughs> One, five, six. It's One only week. seven more episodes. So yeah, we could do. Yeah. I think, I think, we, can, I think we can pull double duty on one of them. Yeah. But that's a, that's a future problem. Um, so three surprisingly decent episodes. Yeah. They yeah were as I, bad as I thought they were going to be. There was, I think there was one that I thought was better than the other two. But, oh definitely yeah um mm. i definitely have a favorite of these three um but just kind of some just neat things i noticed um production wise but uh but yeah why don't we just uh, get into it all righty then let me tell you a story perhaps i can best explain the story of my young friends and i is really the story of a man named hamato yoshi so, episode seven, Shrieka's Revenge, came out October 24th of 1992. So, you know, right in between when Secret of the Ooze came out and Turtles in Time. I mean, Teenage Mutant Turtles 3, and, you know, later on got the moniker Turtles in Time. Anyway, point is, is that's when this came out. The story is written by Jack and Carol Mendelson. So... It's April's birthday, and she's excited about the new Channel 6 building that will have her new, bigger, and better office. The Turtles realize that they need to get her a gift. While they try to figure that out, the Technodrome is under attack, so Bebop and Rocksteady are sent out to investigate. They are immediately abducted by the ship attacking them. Their captor is Shrika. She was betrayed by Krang, and he stole her powering, so she has come to get it back. Krang tells her that April has it, hoping the Turtles and Shrika will destroy each other. The Turtles spot it and try to stop her, but are easily defeated by her telekinetic powers. 
After recuperating and researching, the turtles learn who Shrika is and what she's after. They both chase April around the city, trying to get to her first. Eventually, everyone collides atop the new Channel 6 building being built. Shrika gets her ring back, but Leo tosses a hot coal or slag, I don't know, a barrel of hot metal at her, and she catches it, since she's impervious to heat. Her ring, however, is not, and melts the ring off of her hand. The building is crashing down now from the wild battle that was fought inside of it. The turtles and April jump into the elevator, but Shrika cuts the cables. They survive by jumping just before the elevator hits the ground. Shrika gets back in her ship, drops off Bebop and Rocksteady, and leaves. The turtles celebrate April's birthday with her and present her with a giant pizza. The end. Riveting, riveting storytelling. All right, next we have Too Hot to Handle. This is Season 6, Episode 8, originally aired October 31st, uh, Halloween of 1992. Uh, written again by Jack Mendelson and Carol Mendelson. So the Earth is getting closer to the sun. Donatello is taking the Earth's orbit. He's checking it out, and, and he's noticing it's getting closer to the sun. Uh, but the other guys, they don't believe him at all, and they force him to watch a movie. But he winds up getting away to go try to save the Earth. Meanwhile, Vernon's genius nephew Foster is in town, and he is a jerk, just like Vernon. Also, he wants to meet the turtles, so Vernon asks April to ask the turtles to come to Foster's science fair. Foster's built a solar magnet, and that's what's pulling the Earth closer to the sun. So the other turtles, they still don't believe Donatello. Even when they show up to the science fair, and Donatello goes nuts and attacks Foster's machine, claiming it's going to destroy the world. They drag him away. Um, surprise, surprise, Professor Sofo, from way back in Donatello's degree, is here now, and he's looking to steal the solar magnet. Him and his goons steal it, and they blame Donatello for the solar magnet missing until Sofo comes across the airwaves of every television in New York to take credit for destroying the planet. Uh, Donatello's like, hey, uh, Sofo's probably at that old university where I got my degree, so they head that way. But they had to bring Foster because he's the only one who can dismantle the machine. It's gotten so hot the roads are melting, but luckily Don's equipped the turtle van with some dry ice freeze sprayers. They make it to the university, then they find some mud that they analyze and figure out the sofa's layer is actually all the way back in New York, so they go back there. They attack Sofo, but he puts up a force cage. Luckily, though, Foster's small enough he can squeeze through it. Uh, the cage is deactivated, and the turtles incapacitate Sofo and his goons. Foster says they have 60 seconds until the Earth is destroyed, and that's not long enough for him to dismantle the machine, but him and Donatello are able to recombobulate the force cage to point at the machine and blow it up. The day is saved. They celebrate with a pizza. The end. Absolutely. Riveting. Uh, next up, Nightmare in the Lair, original air date, November 7th, 1992, written by our friend Dennis O'Flattery. Down in the sewers, while Michelangelo, Leo, and Raph are watching yet another cheesy sci-fi film, Donatello is busy building his latest invention, the Dreamovision, a device designed to turn someone's imagination into a three-dimensional hologram. Splinter warns them that they are relying too much on other people's imagination. After a couple of test runs, it appears to malfunction when a character named Creepy Eddie appears and announces that he is taking control of Raphael's dream. 
Donatello shuts down the Dream of Vision helmet and decides that it's too dangerous and puts it away before until he can figure out what is wrong. Meanwhile, back at Channel 6, Milton Frobish III, the son of the owner of Channel 6, has been welcomed to the news team and is assigned to work with April. Michelangelo decides not to accompany the other turtles so that he could pursue his personal goal of trying out the Dream of Vision against Donatello's orders. He puts on the helmet thinking he could try it out without the other turtles knowing. Everything goes fine until he is attacked by the squid monster that ate Hoboken. Following that, Mikey is chased by a tidal wave monster that manifests into Creepy Eddie. Back at Channel 6, Vernon blames April for Milton Frobish III falling off of a ladder. Back at Channel 6, Vernon blames April for Milton Frobish III falling off of a ladder that he was using to get some tapes down. Meanwhile, back in Nightmare Land, Michelangelo finally gets to his change's dream to playing hockey when suddenly a hockey goalpost tries to eat him and sucking him under the ice. Finally, Michelangelo confronts Creepy Eddie in person in a cave that looks like the inside of a mouth. Unable to return to the real world, Creepy Eddie informs Michelangelo that he's been waiting for someone from Michelangelo's universe to pass through. All he needs is one more person to make a two-for-one exchange. Concerned about Michelangelo's reluctance to join them for pizza, Leonardo returns to the lair only to be sucked into a tornado and transported into Nightmare Land. When moments later, Creepy Eddie arrives in the real world. This event then reveals Michelangelo's true intention for not joining the others. While Michelangelo and Leonardo do battle with creatures from Mikey's imagination, Donatello, Raphael, and Splinter do battle with Creepy Eddie. Creepy Eddie uses his magic to make a brick wall around the Dream of Vision so Donatello can't shut it down. Meanwhile, back at Channel 6, Vernon's constant tattletaling and in, and accusations nearly get April in deep trouble with Byrne. However, in a twist, the misadventures of Milton Frobish III results in him deciding that he's not cut out for working at Channel 6 after all and wishes to be a doctor instead. April is relieved, but it is only short-lived. She learns of the absence of both Michelangelo and Leonardo when the latter's turtle comm goes to voicemail, revealing that he's stranded in Nightmare Land and may never come home. And worse yet, Creepy Eddie has tied dynamite to blow up the, time, the dream of vision that would keep Michelangelo and Leonardo stuck in nightmare land forever. Finally, April saves the day when she arrives at the lair, finding the lights turned off, turns them on, blowing a fuse in the process. This causes the dream of vision machine to shut itself off, causing Michelangelo and Leonardo to return to reality just as they fall into a bottomless chasm in nightmare land. Creepy Eddie then returns to nightmare land before his own dynamite kills him. <laughs> riveting 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 not a bad episode no nah, I, I rather liked it myself all right well let's talk some more about these episodes in the second time around hey uh, nice junk so i think it's funny that they did like the whole like jumping right before the elevator hits the ground trick in uh shrieka's revenge <laughs> but it's like a secret ninja trick yeah, yeah. <laughs> that can't actually work can it uh, supposedly, doesn't. supposedly, that is a real thing. No, I, I'm pretty sure I was told it doesn't actually work. That's it's there's myth. no way you're falling so fast. Yeah, like you're falling so fast that like you may jump, but like you still have like the momentum of you falling. Like you've only countered the force a little bit by jumping. If yeah. you're even, I don't know, if you're even able to jump when you're in free fall, if the elevator's I, in free fall. I feel like yeah. this is something that MythBusters has covered. 
and it kind of reminds me if you guys ever seen uh you guys ever seen beavis and butthead to america not in i have not 20 years so there's there's a part of that movie oh man it's a good movie uh for whatever reason they're like locked in a trunk and they open the trunk and they're on the highway and i forget which one it is he's like dude that the road's moving really fast he's like yeah well when you hit it just run really fast and pushes his buddy out and you can see him like run for like three steps and then just like totally and then he, like, turns, yeah, he just starts rolling. It's hilarious <laughs> oh man yeah i haven't seen that one in forever uh it's a funny inside joke that uh the jewelry shop that the that the turtles go into is called spiffany's mm-hmm. oh yeah that's cute like tiffany's yeah yeah I think I remember the film. Yeah. <laughs> but um, that was a good one. Yeah. Uh, April is getting a corner office and she got a corner office in the movie. So in all versions where she's a reporter, she has a corner office. There you go. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know corner Dude. offices were coveted space. I'm so far from that life. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had no I idea. I work from home, so I, yeah, I also have no idea. <laughs> so you could also have a corner office if you wanted one, right? I guess technically it is. It's just like the crappy corner that's the foundation's breaking under. But yeah, it's, you know. <laughs> uh, so if, if you've been, if you follow like funny, like cartoon accounts or like even, even just, I've even seen this on TikTok. Um, the Shrieker episode is pretty infamous. Uh, especially for her uh, scream at the end of the episode. No oh, man, when her when her power <laughs> ring uh, is melting. Oh no, it's melting! My precious power ring gone forever. <laughs> yeah, I love um, that. I didn't see it coming. It totally caught me off I, guard and and it's funny because like the the clip that's been circulating around online for years of, of that scene um doesn't include the turtles or april or anybody so you just you just know when you're watching it like that it's that it's an 80s cartoon yes uh-huh. too but um like you just know this is like an early 90s late 80s cartoon um but like i instantly knew it was turtles <laughs> I mean, not like, and even, and even not like recognizing Shrika. I just knew that was turtles. Just had to be right. It, it just, it just had to be like, I mean, one, the animation style, like when you've watched as many episodes as we have in a row, you kind of just notice this stuff. Yeah. But also too, like it's, it's just unabashedly turtles, but it's also a new voice actor. We haven't heard in the show before, uh, Joan Gerber. Hmm. Oh, I so sworn it was the same person that did uh, Tempestra. Uh, it's not really. Uh, she wow. played Agatha Marbles. Oh, who, okay. And Aggie. Oh yeah, Aunt Aggie. I almost um, forgot that was a character in the series. <laughs> How could you forget Aunt Aggie? Has, has she gotten a figure yet? Uh, she. <laughs> she <laughs> we'll talk about that. Um, she. And Aggie doesn't get a figure, but I, but she was in like that, the, I think it was the speaky geeky, um, YouTube episode uh-huh. where they, where they talked about like Aunt Aggie and like, um, Tiffany Burns girlfriend from like yeah. the first couple episodes. 
Wow, what um, a power pack. Like that would have been that would have been a great two pack. Yeah, amazing. Tiffany's technically been in more episodes than the Triceratons. And they got two packs. Two two packs. Well, so is Sofo at this point. Uh, yeah, so is Sofo. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, but the Triceratons like have like a legacy that has you know was definitely it's, built yeah, by yeah. everything else that wasn't the 87 it's series. just it's so it's just it's still it's just so funny to me that like so many people forgot that the triceratons were in 87 because they're only in one episode and it's and, and it's like a later season episode that nobody saw yeah yeah and it's like a classic david wise episode like that's also the episode where donatello becomes batman because there's like four or five plots in that episode and I'm sure there's someone out there that will claim those are the best Triceratons. Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're on this, this podcast right yeah, now, it's, Spencer. It's the, yeah, it's the, definitive, it's the definitive Triceratons. Yeah. Yeah. The ones um, did you all notice that there's legitimately a billboard for Coca-Cola in this episode? I did not. Yeah, when uh, April's flying the helicopter. I mean, it's the logo and everything. It's not like made to look like anything else or spelled differently. It's legitimately just Coca-Cola. On a billboard. Oh, it's not like Coca Soda or something. No, no, it's it's Coca Cola. Wow, found that kind of wild. And then, um, in this episode, Shredder calls Krang an octopus. And if you watch the like anime, the Super Mutant Turtles, Shredder calls Krang an octopus like all the time in that. So I, I don't know if that's a reference to that or just happy coincidence, but I like. I guarantee, it. I guarantee you they they didn't even know it was that was a thing. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I don't know if this goes in anchovies or not, but uh, it was it was just funny when Donatello's like they're fighting and um, he's like two can play at that game, and he has like a baseball bat, or like he's he's holding his bow like a baseball bat, and like swinging at him, but he's got like his other bow on his back. And I was like, where did that go, bro? <laughs> There's been a couple times I noticed he's got two bows. I I don't know if they like mistake him for Leo and. It, Last minute, like, yeah. uh, just make a stick, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time they've mistaken him for Leo or Leo yeah. for him. Won't be the last two, I imagine. Oh, no. Uh, that's all I got for that one. Yeah, me too. Yeah, a, lo- a lot of a lot of what I have to say about that episode are for later sections of this show. <laughs> all right, so too hot to handle. Um, we haven't seen Sofo since Donatello's degree, but his plan is still to hide in the basement. I feel like Sofo's yeah. accent is different this time. I feel like it was German the first time we saw him, and now it's like French. Oh, I don't know. I I just think he sounds very much like Doctor Scratch and Sniff. Well, that's a, yeah. That that's where I was going for. Like he yeah. he it, it the first one was Doctor Scratch and Sniff, and Doctor Scratch and Sniff is German. Mm. Um. But like this one sounds more French, or like you guys already sounds... explained to me who Doctor Scratch and Sniff he's, is. He's he's the therapist from the Animaniacs. Animaniacs. Yeah. Okay. I, I I don't know. That was a little late for Animaniacs. Youth. Yeah. I know. I missed it. Terrible youth. Bummer. Uh, what else? No Shredder, no Krang this episode. That's how you know it's a good one. Right. And then uh, I don't know if you guys caught, but Byrne mentions that rats have invaded City Hall. So I hope later on we're going to get the Rat King episode that is that happening. 
We'll see. Uh, I, I liked that there was a specific callback to uh, Donatello's degree, the episode. Yeah. They actually, like, like, not, not just Sofo like showing up, it, but like Raph specifically mentions it. And then Mike's like, I think I missed the episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, then Donna, and then Donatello's like, oh, it was a good one. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like, like their fourth wall break like goes on a little, like pretty long. <laughs> yeah. Usually it'll just be like a one off, like one note kind of thing, but they just yeah. kept going. Uh, this is the second and final appearance of Dr. Sofo. Oh, thank goodness. Uh, this is the first and only appearance of Foster Fenwick. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> that little brat. Oh, man. Yeah. Ooh, just what an unlikable character. I mean, he's supposed to be unlikable. So, you know, I'll take it. I feel like that was the goal. But uh, yeah. Not not my favorite. Uh. Foster uh, Fenwick was played by Dana Hill, who um, was a pretty, she was a pretty good act, uh, voice actress in the early 90s. She played Max on uh, Goof Troop. She was the first Max Goof. Oh, awesome. Was she Max in the movie too? No, because uh, they aged up Max. Um, cause oh, Max yeah, in the yeah. Sh- Max in the show is like elementary school, middle school. Right. Or yeah, he's in middle school. And then in the mo- in Goofy movie, he's in high school. So they changed that to James Marsden. Or Jason Marsden, not James Marsden. I went same straight, last name, very different actors. I went straight to an extremely goofy movie when I was a kid. That was the only one we had. You can't get to extremely goofy movie without watching a goofy movie first. I nope. I I just went straight to the sequel. Oh no! It's like watching extreme Ghostbusters without watching the real Ghostbusters. Exactly. Yeah. I don't it's know. Like watching really Empire, it's like watching Empire Strikes Back without watching episode four, A New Hope. I, I don't know. I, I would really say it's more like watching an episode of Ninja Turtles without having seen a previous episode of 1987 Ninja Turtles. It is absolutely, so, so, it is absolutely not the same. So you, you lost nothing? Is that what you're saying? Yes, I'm saying yeah. that I completely enjoyed and loved that movie as a kid without ever well, having seen a goofy I mean, movie. that's what I said. Like, you can, you can absolutely enjoy... Um, you can absolutely enjoy Empire Strikes Back without watching episode four, but it's like it builds off of that first one. Does it really? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with you on that. I think it's a perfectly good standalone movie. It, I mean, it is because, again, Empire Strikes Back is also a pretty good. Well, Empire Strikes Back is not a good. No, without the context. Exactly. Empire Strikes Back isn't a good... Well, it's not a good standalone movie because it ends on a cliffhanger. Well, I mean, that and it also depends on you having been introduced to Darth Vader before this. And Obi-Wan Kenobi. Killing In the Force. Kenobi, yeah. And there's so much... It's hard to say that part five... It's hard to say that part five of a nine-part movie series is a good standalone (laughs) movie, but... It is a very good. Well, movie. I just uh, no, I, I corrected myself. It's not a good standalone movie because yeah. because of the ending. But I think I think you can go into it without watching episode four. Mm-hmm. Probably, yeah. So we'll never know. Background already noise. done it. But... It's like watching. It's like watching Rogue One, <laughs> and not episode four. Is that better. Yes. I mean, like, I, I would say that you could just watch Andor without having seen any Star Wars before. Oh, that that absolutely. 
That absolutely you can. Like, is it better in the context of Star Wars? Yes, but it totally stands on its own. You could just enjoy it as it is. All right. Are we ready for Nightmare in the Lair? <laughs> yeah. Nightmare in gotta keep the us, Lair. Gotta keep us going. Uh, again, no Shredder, no Krang. And obviously, uh, Creepy Eddie, Freddy yeah, Krueger. Yeah, Jason. Yeah. Yep. Freddy, Jason. Freddy, Freddy, Freddy Krueger. Krueger. you got me uh also i'm just gonna say this i think the real problem with uh the power going out in the lair is that apparently everything's on one circuit because when he blows it all the power goes out (laughs) like like my guy you know put in a put in a few more breakers or something you know just a problem right there (laughs) You know, when you're trying to power the TV, the lights, and your newest invention all on one circuit, it's not going to turn out well. Yeah, isn't it crazy that Donatello can make an invention that makes your wildest dreams become a realistic holographic fantasy, but you can't turn on the hairdryer while you use it? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Did you all notice that Leo, Raph, and Don, they put on their trench coat disguises to go out to eat, and then later we see them in the pizzeria, and they're just they don't have their disguises on anymore they're just eating out in the open it bugs me because they, because they don't care yeah yeah i mean mm-hmm. I, neither do the writers at this point you know I'm just, yeah i have <laughs> sometimes i have so many anchovies they just bleed over into second time around <laughs> uh speaking of sorry i forgot this one for uh too hot to handle um so in his original appearance Dr. Sofo was trying to accelerate Earth's orbit. Uh-huh. And in Too Hot to Handle, he's trying to change Earth's orbit again. Hmm. I think he was trying to accelerate not the Earth's orbit, but its rotation around its axis. This time he's messing with the orbit as he's pulling it into the sun. I can't remember. I just remember his his plan to survive his destroying of the Earth was to hide in the basement. Yeah. Every time. <laughs> works every and wouldn't time. everybody else hiding in their basement still be alive too I'm like what's the end goal here because once you go upstairs you're gonna be dead also what's what's the point of ruling the world if there's nobody to rule over you know what i'm saying no i i understand but i'm not a cartoon villain so <laughs> boy well should we uh get into anchovies then if yeah we're i think there? so yeah i'm in a complainy mood let's get to it <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No anchovies. You put anchovies on this thing and you're in big trouble, okay? I call it low. We're in for a long anchovy segment, I guess, today. I actually I don't think I have that many anchovies. I, I don't definitely either. don't. I don't either. The Shriek is Revenge, I, I don't know. I feel like they could have set up some stuff better. Like her being heat proof kind of comes out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um I I didn't understand why Crane couldn't have just given her the ring. Because even he's like well, it's it's lost all of its charge. It's basically worthless. Like, I think well, then just give it to her and get I out think of here. Krang, I think Krang was just being petty. Like, Maybe, I think yeah. that was just Krang wanting to mess with Shrika. 
Well, and also just kind of do some mutually assured destruction between his enemies with with Shrika and the Turtles. Yeah. Like that was his that, ultimate yeah. goal with it. Yeah, fair. I think my biggest one is that this is kind of what I was hoping Tempestra was. Oh, yeah. Like no, we were, fair when enough. we were talking, like back in our Tempestra episode, we were talking about how, like, we all kind of thought she was going to be a bigger character, like rather than just being like a hologram from a video game like we thought there was like some history with her and stuff like that yeah um, and she really basically is tempestra though like she yeah like floats like, she has a similar design she's got yeah like magic powers and stuff like shrika is what tempestra should have been yeah yes however tempestra is what shrika should look like exactly yes. yeah 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 <laughs> I, I don't think i don't think shriek is a bad design but it's like but yeah it, it but it's way too similar to tempestra and tempestra is the better of the two designs yeah yeah well it's, it's also like way too simple for like crazy dimension x space alien lady like yeah she looks like a regular human in a big robe yeah exactly she's, al- she's also got a headband yeah, but, but man, what I want is evil Miss Frizzle, and that's what Tempestra is. That's what, yeah, and so like, so yeah, so that, that was my big thing, is like, I really, this is what Tempestra should have been. Yeah. Yeah. I really like, like, her as a character, kind of like fleshing out Krang's backstory. Yeah. But they, they spend so little time on that, and it just immediately becomes like them going after the MacGuffin, and that's the rest of the episode. So I was, I was disappointed in this episode. And then she's like gone. Because of that. Yeah, and then she just leaves. Forever. Yeah. So that I think that's why I was disappointed in this episode. Is like it started out really, really cool, and then just became like we gotta get this thing from April before she gets kidnapped or whatever. Like, yeah. I honestly, I honestly even really like Shrika's design. Like, it just it just feels like such a waste of a character to have her not ever come back again. Yeah, yeah. they'll bring back Sofo, but they won't bring back. But they'll bring yeah, they'll bring back <laughs> Professor Sofo, but not Shrika or Tempestra. Well, they bring back Tempestra. Yeah, it's kind of a lame complaint, you know. I'll admit it, but I don't know for some reason. Let's, the let's be real. Let's be real. All of our complaints all of this. Are yeah, this is. I mean, you're not wrong. This we're entire complaining about. Is a we're complaining about a exercise year old show. To the, yeah. But I'm kidding. I love doing the show. Please don't get me off. <laughs> Continue. Sorry, Spencer. This is your last one, Keith. Oh, great! <laughs> oh, finally, I'm free. No, kidding. <laughs> I almost Real yeah, you though, can, I you love can unchain people. yourself from the desk. Oh, yeah. Good, good, good. yeah. <laughs> I almost so I almost thought that they were like building a new building because of something that happened in the last episode. I was like, wait a minute, did like the building get destroyed? You know, like the channel six building, that's where they're building like a new one. Are they actually like doing something with continuity? No, no, they they yeah. they weren't. It, it was just they were just building a new office just for this episode, a new building. It got destroyed by the end of it. Uh, there is no new channel six building. Uh, yeah. Cause I was really confused. I was like, I was like, is there a new channel six building? And I didn't remember it. Yeah. Like the way they started it. Like I was like, it made it feel like maybe in the previous episode, like the other building had been destroyed. And then shortly after they were in, you know, their normal building that they're still using Yeah, and the new one's getting built. And then they destroy this one by the end of the series. And I was by the end of the episode, I mean, and so then I was like, Oh, all right, yeah, we're we're not doing anything with us. This was just for the episode. Okay. Uh going back to uh Keith's thing about how why didn't Krang just give it to her? Um Krang very uh and I, I was saying he like he was just being petty. He very specifically says uh, he goes, "How dare that woman accuse me, the mighty Krang, ruler of Dimension X of stealing her dopey power ring?" And Shredder says, "So you didn't do it?" 
And Crank says, of course I did. I just don't like her accusing me. Of That's it. right. Yeah, I did really like that that line. <laughs> uh, the other thing is, is like, what's up with power rings this season? Like, yeah, you had <laughs> in, in the last one with the with the transforming ninja sword. The, the bad guy in that one had like just a laser power shooting ring. Uh, I don't know. It just, it just seems like weird that we have like two different ring weapons this episode. If I had a nickel, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you an answer, a five word answer. What's that? Captain Planet and the Planeteers. Who are the, they, tell me, you know who the, the they are, Spencer? Uh, I do. I, I've seen okay. the Rick and Morty episodes that spoof it. Oh, <laughs> there it is. God, there it is. How dare you? <laughs> Have you seen uh, the like? What is it? Funny or Die? Or it's one of those like early aughts comedy like robot, websites. probably robot chicken too it's not robot chicken but because it's got don Cheadle as captain planet oh uh, yeah i think that was funny yes. yeah there's like six episodes of that and they're all hilarious it's fantastic spencer go oh. watch those oh, okay right now yeah, well, yeah mike yeah, and i will 20, wait yeah it's funny go watch them <laughs> all right let's um, see here what do we got <laughs> But yeah, Captain Captain Planet and the Planeteers um, was pretty popular. Uh, it ran from 1990 to 1992, so it was ending about this time where it had already ended. Um, but I mean, that really introduced you know Power Rings to a whole generation. I don't know. I feel like Green Lantern should have been the one to do that. That's the bummer. Kids weren't reading Green Lantern until Kyle Kyle Rayner showed up. Uh, Green Lantern also didn't have such a such a bomb theme song. Green Lantern with the planner in tears, and you can be one too. Because saving our planet is the thing to do. Look, Ted Turner, man. Green Lantern wouldn't have ran for thirty years if the kids were reading it before Cowrie never showed up. All right. Here's what I don't understand. Green Lantern only ran for thirty years because DC didn't want to lose the copyright. They have to keep it in print. Here's what I don't understand. No, about there's so Planet. many characters. Anyway, he fights pollution, but his weakness is pollution. Yeah, he's trying to like, he's trying to prevent pollution. But like, he doesn't he doesn't necessarily fight it. Like he's not like flying up into smog and stopping it. He's trying to stop it before it becomes smog. Yeah, but his weakness is the thing that he's trying to stop. Well, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's it's I give him. But he's trying. Him he's a trying to prevent. Suit or he's trying to prevent his his. Uh, um, he's trying to prevent his weakness from being all over the world. I'm just saying, I don't box like nuclear warheads because that would kill me. Why, why would he fight the thing that kills him? I, don't I mean, hey, yeah, hey, you're right. 80s movies or cartoons, whatever. Okay, are we done with uh, Shrieker's Revenge? Uh, I am. I have, I have zero really for this episode other than yeah i'm done with Shrieker's other than the See, I, I have to keep us moving because i'm the one who holds us up all the time all right <laughs> too hot to handle uh donatello he's like press this button because the roads are melting we'll use these freeze rays i i made just for this situation it's like you install this whole thing just in case the earth ever got closer to the sun and the roads melted come on i don't believe that you're you're blowing smoke here donatello. i think he did i think he did it while he was discovering that the earth was moving towards the sun and getting hotter. Ah, that makes a lot more sense. Okay, right. at times somewhere. Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think he. I don't think he pre-installed them. I think he installed it while nobody was looking. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, my big thing is 
people, I mean, everyone's normally pretty stupid in this show. Right. But everyone is especially stupid this episode, especially as like this kid's just like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to use this device to to pull us closer well, to the sun. Well, and everybody, everybody like, this is, is bad. Stupid. And everyone's everybody just is like compared to Foster Fenwick. <laughs> boy genius. But, but I mean, even he's pulling the earth closer to the sun. <laughs> and, and, and then the other turtles are just like, yeah, yeah, it's no big deal. It's whatever. Yeah, just pulling just pulling us into the sun. Yeah, I, I don't see the problem here. What's your deal, Donatello? <laughs> like, like, of if course, pulling people into the sun is going to kill the earth. Like, it, anyway. yeah. Meanwhile, like trees are exploding into flames. They're like Donatello, give it, give it a break, man. They're just like <laughs> gaslighting him as he's just like the temperature of the earth is going up, and they're like, oh, it's fine, Donatello. It's not an issue, and he's just like, it's, it's literally getting degrees hotter. We can visually see the thermometer <laughs> rising in front of us from being pulled closer to the sun. And everyone's just like, yeah, it's no big deal, dude. It's whatever. <laughs> yeah. They like physically restrain him at one point. Like yeah. He's crazy or something. Yeah. yeah. Like he's crazy for destroying this machine that's pulling the earth closer to the sun. Why did that kid build that thing in the first place? For his science fair. But like, what? Uh, I, it's just, what end? it's literally just for the science fair. Yeah. And he's just like, I'm going to leave this on till I win the science fair. You know, and then he'll and then he'll turn it off. And then he'll turn it off. He promised. <laughs> oh yeah, I trust a Finwick's promise. I don't know. It, it just it just felt like hey, everyone a promise was from exception. a Finwick is a promise you can trust. It just you felt like that to the was... you can take that to the bank right there. Right, take it to the bank. But yeah, everyone was just exceptionally stupid this episode, except for Donatello, and it was just a little frustrating. Because, like, instead of, you know, just making Donatello really smart, they just made everyone else really, really dumb to try and yeah. make him smart. Oh, yeah. That's my big aunt, Joey. That's all I really had. How about you, Mike? Uh, I just generally didn't like this episode. It was my least favorite of the three. Yeah, I definitely felt it was the weakest of the three. I think, I think mostly because it was pretty much the same plot as Donatello's degree just dumber <laughs> all like, right oh. nightmare in the lair nightmare in the lair um i was i was confused why taking off the dream of vision didn't automatically take them out of the dream world yeah like why is it a helmet especially if it takes the other three there too the whole yeah the whole rules of that thing don't make any sense yeah whatsoever I'd also, I would be hesitant to give four adolescent boys a helmet that makes holograms of anything they imagine. Well, remember, they're not adolescent boys. They're, you know, old. <laughs> they're old men. <laughs> also, like, looking at the release dates, this should have been the episode that came out on Halloween. Not too hot to handle. Yeah, like, this is a full week later. Yeah. Must have been a little late on the, <laughs> on beginning airing this season. Right. Yeah, it's, that's really, like, I mean, I didn't really actually have any anchovies, but that's a good one. I, I, I wish I would have thought of it when I watched the series. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's really that's really my episode. only one. Yeah. All right, so we ready for I Love Being a Turtle? Yeah. Oh, I love being a turtle. I loved Shrika's episode so much that I like <laughs> really wanted to change my episode so I could recap that one. <laughs> 
Sorry. I, I, I genuinely had such a good time with that episode. It was so funny. I think like Krang's one-liners, I think Shrieka was very entertaining. Um, like I think I think this is one of the genuinely one of the better episodes of eighty seven in general. Yeah, it, it was a pretty decent episode. Like it had, like you said, some good jokes. And it's just like a newish story, you know, like you have this new enemy shows up that's already enemies with Krang that he pits against the turtles. Like, I'm not uh, even saying it's a decent episode. I'm saying it's legitimately one of the better 87 episodes. Yeah, I could agree with that. And then like starting in this episode, I feel like really the animation like team, whoever they're using, like this is this is the best and most consistently the show has been animated in a long time. And I think I started saying that last week, um, but it really shows in, in all three of these episodes, really. Yeah, they really hit a stride. And I also think it's just because they're not cranking out as many episodes all Definitely. to be released, you know, yeah, <laughs> at once. Like the season is only 16 episodes. So I imagine the animation team's got a little bit more time to work on them. Uh, we've already said most of my I love stuff, but one one little detail I did like is that Shrika has her own calm. And it's like, it's not quite Krang's calm, but it's still like the same kind of structure. Yeah, I thought that was a cool little detail. Yeah, it's the Dimension Phone X, X you know, the Dimension X right. Phone X. Right. <laughs> you know, instead of like the Dimension X Phone 9 that the Krang has. Yeah. <laughs> All right, are we ready for Too Hot to Handle? Yeah. So I didn't hate Foster Fenwick as much <laughs> as as some others here. Um, I thought he was fine. I actually thought Vernon was pretty good in this. This yeah, and and the next episode, I thought Vernon was pretty good. Um, he's usually awful, but <laughs> he was at least entertaining in these episodes. Yeah. Well, and and my thing with like the the Fen Foster Fenwick is that like. He's not supposed to be a likable character, and yeah, I thought that's kind of the point. Yeah, of the he's inst- he's instantly supposed to be a hated, hated, a hated character, yeah. hateable character. Yeah, he's yeah. great at that. Yeah, and, and so I, I think that's what his what the purpose in writing the character was was to write this just insufferable brat, uh, and you know it worked. They did it well. But I like <laughs> I like that like I like that um, Vernon has lied to him and said that he's like best friends with the turtles. Yeah, he doesn't even know who they are. Like he gets their names mixed up. Yeah, like he he still gets like all their names wrong and stuff. But uh, I like when they go to Sophos's uh, university and they see the footprints, and he's like, "Ah, it's just as I expected." The culprit wears shoes. Jeez, yeah. <laughs> Louise. Vernon. Like all three of these episodes really had like funny one-liners. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and the big thing is, I'll also always give kudos to this show when it finally actually respects its own continuity. And this episode did that. You know, you mm-hmm. had them bringing up the Professor Sofo episode and like bringing that in. Like you said before, Fenwick not actually knowing the turtles, you know, about trying to pretend to, you know, he kind of knows them in passing, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. uh, from being around April pretty much. And, and so they characterized that well. Like I will give that for sure to this episode is this one actually does a great job of keeping the continuity of the show. Yeah. It has had, I mean, like at least the things that kind of have been established. Yeah. My other thing is it actually has 
an, a unique way of introducing the invention that gets stolen this time. There's not some scientist putting it on display for April O'Neil to cover and the turtles see it on TV. And then shortly afterward, you see Krang and Shredder see it on TV and they go and steal it. Like that's happened in so many episodes. Yeah, well, I mean, or the other that's well, I mean, so much. Wasn't that was that was the plot of an episode last week, wasn't it? it was like April was showing something, and Leo was like, yeah. "Hey, we better just go just in, for when just in case Shredder Shredder and Krang yeah. see it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, but also to be fair, that's literally the plot of this episode because she's televising the science fair. She is, but like the turtles are more involved in it, and like it's Fen, you know, it's it's Vernon's nephew, and so like you get to meet this character more. Yeah, he's actually well, plays he's a role in the, in the story. Too. She, she doesn't i don't think she puts on air does she no well no i think she does later because that's how sofo figures out about it yeah because because they because they go to like the junior science the junior high science fair yeah so it is how the bad guy ends up seeing it but at least Mm -hmm. the turtles end up going there and seeing it yeah they yeah they see it beforehand because because uh foster says he wants to meet the turtles yeah yeah and so i do like that it, i don't know it just felt different it, like it took a long time for it to be april showing the thing on the tv usually the episode starts off that way boom right at the beginning we see shredder and crane go after it the turtles go to stop them or, or you know well, whatever other mad scientists saw that's it. not necessarily true right at the beginning they're like playing a game of risk and then one of them like drops a piece and when they lean down to get it they bump the tv it turns on and then we see april (laughs) you know it's always something stupid like that (laughs) or they're watching you know monster movies and the power goes out and then they get the power back on now they've switched it to the news and and april delivers this week's exposition uh anyway this one did it differently you know at least had like Mm -hmm. paced it differently i liked it yeah Uh, i liked that it did that it yeah yeah. like i said it it, i think ultimately it's just I don't know. Ultimately, the episode is kind of forgettable, but there is fun. Like, there is funny things. Like, like Donatello is like very neurotic in this episode. Mm. Like, also he, I, he was kind of right that the Earth was moving towards the sun. And yeah, no, everyone, he was right the whole time. He was completely and it's right. Like, yeah, <laughs> and it's like everybody, everybody was kind of like, yeah, sure, Donatello, and he's like, he's literally panicking, and they like throw him on the couch. Yeah, and they're like, no, you're gonna sit down, you're gonna watch TV. But he's right to panic. The Earth is legitimately getting closer to the sun due to this child's invention. Destroying someone's invention that's pulling the Earth closer to the sun is a rational response. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care if they're a child. Destroy their invention if they're pulling the Earth closer to the sun. All right. Are we ready for the last episode, Nightmare in the Lair? Yeah. I love that squid monster. Yeah, the... The squid the, monster, the, the eight Hoboken. Hoboken. Eight. Yeah. What a fantastic design. And the thing is, even though they had to pretty much lift the idea from, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, at least it feels different for this show in the previous episodes. It like, feels, this feels I like mean, a villain they've never fought before, which, yeah, and it's kind of due to Donatello's invention that we run into it. It's not like, your typical we don't, we story don't really ever. Series we don't really ever deal with like supernatural threats on 87. Yeah. Uh, like most of like the magic users are like, you know, from outer space or something like Mr. Rob. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool. So see, or like a different dimension and like technically, I guess this is a different dimension, but like it's, um, it's still, it still like feels different. And like, 
a legitimately a little frightening for like the turtles mm. because like they're in somebody else's world that they can't really like control or do anything with. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of uh, that return of the turtleoid episode where like, it almost feels like there's actual stakes. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's not clear how they're going to beat the bad guy. I think I read that like getting blown up with dynamite is actually how Freddy Krueger died as well. So that's a cool. I think reference. in one. I think in one of them. I think which nightmare was that? It's been forever since I've seen any of the Nightmare Before Elm, Nightmare on Elm Street movies. I said Nightmare Before Elm Street. <laughs> Night, yeah, that's right, a different. Yeah. That's a different crossover. It's the, it's the first left before Elm Street. That's where the nightmare happens. Instead of calling it, instead of calling it a uh, Freddy Krueger, well, Freddy versus Jack. It's just Nightmare Before Elm Street. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Freddy's Dead, the final nightmare. That's the one where you die. Yes. That's where that's the one where they blow up with, with dynamite. With dynamite. Yep. Gotcha. There you go. It was not the final nightmare, in case anybody is wondering. Uh, but yeah, it, it it made for a unique story that yeah, like you said, it feels like there's stakes because they're not like telling the same formulaic episode with the same villain that you know they're gonna beat every time. And so it just made it interesting again, uh, just for a little bit. Yeah, really enjoyed this episode. Um, there has not been a Freddy Krueger movie in that like original Freddy universe since Freddy versus Jason in 2003. Wow. Iconic piece of film. The last the last Freddy Krueger movie was the reboot in 2010. I didn't even know they made one. Uh, yeah. I'm not. I haven't seen any of them, I don't think. I haven't it, either. Um, <laughs> I've seen the had, parodies, uh, you know. Jackie Earl Haley, who played Rorschach and Watchmen. Oh, yeah. And he, he plays Freddy in that one. Oh, cool. That's a good casting. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because, like, Watchmen, like, blew him up and, like, made him, you know, everybody love him. I loved him in Watchmen. He, he was easily the best part of that movie. Oh, he's yeah, he's the best. Like, Rorschach's a terrible character, and he plays him great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's that's how he got the the Freddy role. Hmm. And the guy that usually played or played him back in the day. Uh, what is his name? Robert. Oh, Rob, Robert England. Yes, he voices one of the Dream Beavers in 2012. He does because 2012 has a lot of horror inspirations. Oh yeah, it does. So Ciro, yeah. uh, like, did everything he could to get horror icons on the show. This is my life. It's just like six degrees of separation from Ninja Turtles. <laughs> I met Robert England once uh, at Comic-Con. Awesome. Uh, I was walking, but it was outside Comic-Con. Like we were walking to dinner at a restaurant, like outside of comic like, like down on the Marina. Uh-huh. And he was literally just sitting there on the bench, like next to all the boats. <laughs> hmm. And I was like, Oh, Hey, <laughs> you're was he wearing the the sweatshirt and the he definitely the was not shears? doing that yeah. okay <laughs> no he was he was just he was just sitting there yeah huh. um so i just thought that was cool chill guy real, real cool that's pretty cool guys there's a part in this episode where like splinter's getting attacked by a saber-toothed tiger and Raphael and donatello take slices of pizza and throw it in the tiger's eye and splinter says I'm saved thanks to your pizza boxmanship. Which is an amazing line. 
Yeah. I love it. That's, that's a line that's got to come up more often. Right. And this episode, like the whole creepy Eddie story is interesting and cool. I, I really enjoyed that. But then there's also this B plot where Vernon's trying to impress the son of the owner of channel six, but he keeps like hurting him over and over and, yeah. and in worse ways. And that was hilarious. <laughs> Like both A and B plots of this episode are amazing. It's a really good episode. And then it's like, and then he blames everything on April. And then it turns out like uh Milton Frobush the second, the actual owner, um, is like, Oh no, I didn't want my son to be in news anyway. I wanted him to be a doctor. You get in the two week yeah. vacation. Yeah. Yeah. Like her and Irma are going to Hawaii. <laughs> Vernon's got that great line where he's like, I know this uh this cute little one bedroom apartment. We'll move <laughs> April out right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. When Vernon's not like hugely misogynistic, he's really a good character. I like Yeah, him. I I love Vernon. Yeah. I I would love to see a new version of Vernon because it's it's been it's been a minute. Like he's only ever been in this and in um the Michael Bay movies. Yeah. So it's like he's he's due he's due for a reemergence, I think. Yeah, I, I Man, thought uh, the three sp- nightmare in the layer was the best one personally, but uh, Shrieker's Revenge for me. Yeah, Spencer, break the tie. Who do you love more? I I think I enjoyed the uh, the creepy Eddie episode. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. Woo. I'm sorry. Uh, that's fine. You see, you should have you should have swapped episodes with me. I I should have, but you know <laughs> the diplomatic answer would have been too hot to handle. There yeah, we go, exactly <laughs> too hot to handle. Absolutely. No, it's already it's already it's already been said on it's in audio now. Right, you can't fix it in post. Can't fix can't fix it in post. Foster Fenwick, uh, iconic character, amazing. There you go. Can't wait for Neca to put out a, an ultimate edition of him. Honestly, honestly, yeah. Like I think all of these characters really could use. Uh, like Shrieka, definitely. Sofo, one hundred percent. Actually, show. creepy Eddie. I think I would. I, I would think creepy. Yeah, creepy, creepy Eddie. Eddie would be yeah. cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure Nick already stand. has a Freddy Krueger action figure. That's they, true. Yeah, I could just like cut his legs off and like taper it down to a point. Yeah, yeah. in purple, paint a skin purple, give him yeah. a yellow eye. But like, but like, definitely Shrieka. Like, I think a Shrieka and Tapestra two pack would be a little too similar. But I think it also that would be a cool two pack. See, I thought they were going to put uh, Tempestra with Mona. And Spencer, I think I made you write that down at one point. And I was Probably. wrong. But I think like, you did. At, at this point, I don't know who they would package her with. If not like Sofo or Mad Dog Mutt or some other like one time. Pack Sofo with? Uh, Tempestra with. Oh, uh, I mean, there's still Hokum Hair. That's true. <laughs> still holding out hope. He was on some box art. That's that's usually a good sign. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be uh, on the box art of the thing that we're gonna be talking about in the news segment. So keep take us in. Mm. I just took a drink. This is April O'Neil of Channel Six. Uh, so a lot of toy news uh, this week. Uh, if you follow us on socials, we apparently were one of the very first, if not the very first, uh, site to post about NECA's portable portal generator. Um, so I got the information from my new contact at NECA, 
so we it's it wasn't an exclusive reveal or anything, but uh, we got the official photos and kind of the letting everybody know the date that it was going up. Uh, so as we're recording right now, it is up on NECA's website on the NECA store.com. It is $45 uh, and it is just the portable portal generator and three lenticular screens that you can slide into it that will change like, you know, lint- you know, it's like old holograms that like you, you move to the side and they like changes the picture on there. Yeah. Um, that's what this is. And so depending on your angle, it'll be like the dimension X where like the asteroid that the technodrome was stuck on, or it'll be like Mr. Rog's homeworld or stuff like that. Um, so that's available on the next store right now. It's a three week long pre-order. So as of, uh, when this episode comes out, you'll have two more weeks to head over there and pre-order it, and they're due to ship in July. Cool, cool. I think I really want one. Uh, in other news, as this episode comes out, uh, Target and NECA are doing Holothon again. So a lot of stuff uh, this year for Holothon for Turtles. So we put it all in a list. We're gonna I'm gonna go through it real quick. So nothing new that we haven't seen or like knew about what was coming. Um, this is all just kind of the stuff that is coming out here um, for this. So we have uh, the Mirage from the Mirage line. We have Triceraton Zog and the Shredder clones. From the armed and the, the tiny one, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, from the Archie line, we have Jaguar and and Man Ray, but not Dreadmon. But not Dreadmon. Mm, okay. Uh, there is a variant of the last Ronin figure, the armored version, called the Rogue Derelict version. Uh, it's kind of a cool, um, like it's all done in like red and black. Um, I I like it a lot. Um, it's pretty striking, but you have to like light it correctly, or else it's not going to look cool. Uh, and then a lot of stuff for the tune line. So we have the rest of Bebop and Rock City's gang. Uh, so we have Grunt and Joyzy Red, two-pack. Grunt is the one with the mohawk. And then we have the tall thug and the short gangster. The tall thug is the one in the hat, and the short gangster is the little, you know, the little short fat one. Do they come, because they all got mutated, do they come with, like, different heads for that? They or? do. So, like, oh, they come cool. out. So the grunt, the mohawk one, like you replace the entire upper half of his body with his mutant half. Oh, cool. Uh, short gangster has like a bunch of dog parts because mm-hmm. it turns into like a little like dog or something. So you pop his head off in his arms and you replace those with that. Tall thug apparently didn't really have like an animation model of after he was mutated. And so there's like, like it's like a tape here or something. It's they like said so weird. in in the Speaky Geeky interview they call him a shrew. Oh okay, that makes sense. I've never seen a shrew look like that. I think a tapir. <laughs> you're right. Like looks that looks more like a tapir. Um, uh, and then so like and then like one of his arms is like grossly like elongated. Ugh. Um, so cool stuff if you're going after like the whole gang. Uh. And then if you got if you need a scrag because he was part of that loot crate uh, deal, I got an extra scrag if you want him. Uh, then Chakahachi and Lotus Blossom. 
Dirk Savage and Mona Lisa. I'm excited for that one. Mighty Hog and Rhino Man. I really want that one. I don't have a regular Bebop and Rocksteady, but I'm going to have a robotic one and superhero <laughs> Yeah, ones. exactly. You're going to have every other variant. <laughs> every other, yeah. You can have uh, that well, one, like, you know, go up against a Turtle Titan and a, a, the, the Donatello that's like a Batman copy. What's that one called? Yeah, Dark Turtle. Go. Yeah, the Dark Turtle. Heck yeah. Uh, Rex One. Uh, we've talked about it before. The Usagi um, that came out on the Stan Sakai website, like the all black and white one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we mentioned before that it was going to be coming to Target. So now it is. Um, it's just the standard version doesn't have the slip case that was exclusive to Stan Sakai's website. And then the big one is the baby or the, the big one is the accessory set accessory set that includes the baby turtles. There's a lot of stuff in that accessory set. Uh, you have the four baby turtles, big Mac from the episode attack, you know, attack of big Mac, a video game console TV with interchangeable screens so they can watch different movies. Uh, two video cassettes, uh, the cheese painting from the episode Great Boldini, the uh, pizza box, two VHS tapes, uh, a backpack for the turtles to wear. I think that is from like the episode um, where Michelangelo like, becomes the pizza delivery guy. Oh, yeah. What was that one? Uh, uh, it's like something weird. Well, it was weird. It was weird pizza, weird pizza was what he worked for. Pizza uh, by the Shred? Is that what it is? Pizza by the I Shred? I think so. I think so. Um, Let me uh, what we're talking. A ray gun that I can't remember where that is from. Uh, turtle tracker device from that Baxter is holding on there. I don't remember if that is from him, though. Uh, the Star of Hoboken from that episode. Uh, baby Pizza Monster, if you didn't already have one of those. Uh, Rocksteady's helmet that he wore for like a couple episodes back in season one. Uh, blowtorch for Donatello and weapons for those baby turtles. Mike, I'm looking at the picture you sent. What's next to this VHS at the bottom? There's like a little white nub. I think that is an attachment for Big Mac. Okay, cool. Um, it is Pizza by the Shred, was the one with weird pizza there you to go. go. Yep. Boom. Nice job, Spencer. Look at me go on my Ninja Turtle trivia. Why, why haven't they made a Ninja Turtle trivia pursuit so I can beat everybody at it? <laughs> that's true. Oh, man. That. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> um, the only people I could play it with would be you three because all my friends would be like, man, just just put all the slices yeah, of like, pizza in there. Let's go home. Just, just shut up that guy. Yeah, right. I don't I don't um, mean to brag or nothing, but, you know, it wouldn't be fun because I would just destroy everyone every time. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's got to be the three of us and no one yeah. else. Yeah. Uh, so like we talked about last year, some of the stuff is um, None of this stuff is really exclusive to Holothon. Holothon is just an event that they're un- like showing all this stuff off at. Uh, the tune line is still exclusive to Target, um, so you can only get those figures there. Uh, the other stuff, um, the Mirage figures and the Archie figures, uh, you'll be able to get those. You can order them on Big Bad Toy Store. You can order them at your local comic book store. They're just debuting here first. So like the Fugitoid figure last year, if you find them at your target, you can pick them up there, but later on you will be able to pick them up at other stores. Not too sure on the last Ronin variant and the Usagi uh, Stan Sakai version. 
haven't really heard much on those if those are going to be exclusive to Target for this event or not, like the glow in the dark Muckman figure was last year. So I personally would say if you see that and you want it, pick that up uh, when you see that at Target. Um, but also, so that so the Holothon event starts on the twenty sixth. So that's the Sunday um, before this episode came out. But I think all of this stuff is going to go up on Target's website on March 3rd, which is the Friday after this episode comes out. So if you don't find it in your stores, um, because some of the stuff has gotten out early um, here in California. So some people have already nabbed some of this and are reselling it for pretty high prices. Um, you, you can wait, check out your stores after the 26th, and then also check the Target website on uh, the 3rd. Yeah, don't buy scalper prices. Yeah, don't don't Just buy from patient. scalpers. All right, do we have other toys we need to talk about? Uh, in other toy news, uh, Mezco is doing their uh, Mezco toy. Mezco is doing uh, their little event called Toys Fair, which years ago is what announced the original uh, <laughs> announcement for the turtles. Uh, today, they revealed part of their five POA line. Uh, some new like designer ninja turtles and these ones all have red masks like spencer likes oh yeah <laughs> i also like the color-coded masks it doesn't really make a difference <laughs> to me i can take yeah, either I, I think there's room for both you know yeah I don't know, but... oh definitely uh but yeah but these are cool um not for me because i don't really do five poa figures but if you like those and just want to take them and have them sit on your shelf then uh, no information about these, about cost or release date. Mezco likes to just show things off and then announce them, <laughs> announce them again someday when they're ready. Mm-hmm. To come out. And five POA, you explain means five points of action, right? Yeah. So POA means point of articulation. Oh, so articulation. typically that means uh, they turn at the neck, uh, the two shoulders, and the two hips. So, and that's pretty much all the information we have on those right now. They look pretty cool. Like if, if the price point is right, I will definitely be picking them up. So. Yeah, it really just depends on what the price point is because those Mezco turtles were, you know, really expensive, but this isn't part of their 112 line. So these will definitely be cheaper. Just not too sure what like that'll all be, you know? Yeah, how cheap. And then in other news, uh over on the Cartoonist Cafe channel, uh Kevin and Peter are still talking and talking about all kinds of stuff and kind of tease the future project. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, the tease that I did see about for just from a post is just that there was a poster that they're already sold out. Kevin Eastman put them up today and they already sold out. That was just signed by him and Peter. That's the old pinup of them uh, working in their studio. Yeah. It's not new art, but I guess they reprinted that and, um, had the two of them sign it because like they're doing a bunch of stuff now. But I think I think it's really cool that they're doing stuff together again. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like maybe, you know, we are possibly getting some hype for something new to happen. Yeah. I think so if too. You're... I think I think Peter has been I think Peter's finally like using this all as a big opportunity to kind of get back into making comics. Whether yeah. or not be it be, you know, finishing volume four. Um because it would be pretty wild if he finished volume four with like Kevin. No, that'd be awesome. That would be really sick. 
Um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool having Peter come back and, um, like really just be into this. Yeah. And and there's not a better time for him to do it because there are so many more people that have discovered and appreciated those old original comics now. And then I feel like like appreciate him and Kevin way more than, than ever before. Yeah. Like it's, it's never been, it's never been easier to read all of the old Mirage stuff. Like when he, when he was doing volume four back in the early two thousands, like it was really hard to read Mirage. Yeah. yeah, you like, you had, had to the order trades. it from Mirage, you know? Yeah, like you had to order it from Mirage. You had to read it on their website, like one page at a time, like all clunky. Well, and you had to know they existed too in the first and place. You, you know? And you had to know, and you had to know where to find it on their website. Yeah, like yeah. it wasn't easy. Mm-hmm. Um. So now, but but now it's like, it's so easy because like it's literally everywhere. Um. Like, you know, Comixology and, you know, it's reprinted in the IDW, like, ultimate collections yeah um so yeah so you're right like it gives them it it gives them the opportunity and it shows peter that like there's so much more love now than there was back yeah i like it too i I think i've said this before like there it feels like there's been a rift in their relationship that was like just irreparable i mean they haven't worked together on a comic for 30 some years now and like it's just nice to see them voluntarily together talking again you know <laughs> like that that's amazing to me i'm, I'm yeah. glad to see it no and, and that's definitely the best part of all of this is that two old friends are finally like that you know had a rift in their relationship are getting back together yeah. me as a selfish fanboy i'm also just can't help but <laughs> but yeah. speculate what what i might yeah. get out of this you know besides just some wholesome uh news <laughs> i'd love to see an ending to volume four i know i've i've heard people say that they've asked peter about volume four at signings and he's like no one's a fan of volume four but uh-huh. I, I i think like what we're talking about like i think i think it's there i think idw could start reprinting it and finish it the same way they did with uh urban legends like but... people can talk crap on april being a drawing all they want honestly it doesn't really change anything it's it's an okay story i don't get what the whole like this is terrible thing is about it because it's it just it just doesn't really change what we've seen before with her like i know i, I think know. it's just like well, it, it wasn't i i know i personally don't like that yeah it wasn't totally uh, necessary but also like april arguably had nothing going on in the mirage comics yeah. Like she just like she owned the the building they lived in. I think I think I think what they need to get rid of is the Mikey and Sari story. I haven't read that far, so I don't. But But, I'll I'll trust you on that. I thought that was fine. (laughs) Speaking of comics, hey Spencer, what do we have coming out for comics? Uh, nothing for uh, March first, but you know, with March we should be getting a new issue of the Lost Years. Uh, you know, of course, more issues of the Armageddon game coming, as well as the crossover between Usagi Yojimbo and the Turtles that's really big, the Stanzakai is doing. All those things you can expect to be out in March, uh, not next week, or, you know, I guess not March 1st, the day after this episode comes out, but pretty much for the rest of the month, you can just keep an eye out because there's a lot coming out. Yeah, I, th- I think you might have missed also the Power Rangers Ninja Turtles number two crossover. Yeah. So 
if you're into comics or you want to get into comics and you're really into Ninja Turtles, like it's never been in a better time. Go to your local comic book store, start a pool file that guarantees you an issue. Super easy to do. Support your local comic book store. Yeah. And, you know, even even if you don't know if you want to make that financial investment yet, like we've talked about comiXology on here, like there's all sorts of different ways that are super cheap that you can see if it's your thing, see if you're into it. And then once you discover that you really are because they're super awesome and comics are amazing, then then you start just frequenting your comic book shop and, and buying those issues and, and those trade paperbacks and, and those big collections and everything else. It, comics are awesome. Go check them out. Comics. <laughs> All right. So, Spencer, what are we doing next week? Next not week. Comics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not comics, sadly. But we are continuing with the 87 series. We're going to be going into season six, uh, talking about episodes 10, 11, and 12. All right. So, that is Phantom of the Sewers, Donatello Trashes Slash, and Leonardo is Missing. Can't wait. Yeah. Guys, thank you again for checking out another episode of the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. Let us know somewhere on the internet what you thought about that at Ninja Turtle Power Hour on Facebook or Ninja Turtle PH on Instagram and Twitter. So that's our show this week. Thank you again so much for listening. And until next time, cowabunga dudes. Cowabunga. My power ring. So it's not a matter of if, but when. Exactly. Okay. Good to know. Have you guys been, or Keith, have you been looking for the, uh, anything for Holothon yet? I checked my target the other day and didn't have anything. It's like the official event starts on the 26th. Okay. Um, So they're, most likely, like, so officially that is when they're supposed to have the stuff out. Some stores in California uh, have put them out early by accident, mm. which is why everyone's losing their minds over it. <laughs> Same thing that happened last Holothon. Same thing that happened in last Holothon. So, Crazy. Um, you know, it's like poetry. It rhymes. Right. Um, like poetry, it rhymes. Like poetry. If I had a nickel for every time it happened, I'd have two nickels. But anyway, uh, but yeah, so I'm personally not, you know, not going after everything because that's just, that's yeah. Terrible. What, what all is there? I know there's like a last Ronin that's red or something. Yeah. It's like based on like a cover or something or like something that Ben Bishop drew. Yeah. Um, it's got a weird name. It's like rogue, something like rogue derelict or something. Yeah. What else do we have with that? Um, it's Mona and hang on, I've been 
sending the pictures around. Oh yeah, Mona and uh, what, Dirk Savage. I I want that. Yeah. One. Okay, so it's Triceraton Zog from the Mirage line. Ooh. Okay, that I need. Jaguar <laughs> from the Archie line. Yeah. Man Ray from Archie. The Absolutely. Shredder, the Shredder clones. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, Rogue Derelict Ronin. Uh, Grunt and Jersey Red. Excuse me, Joyzy Red. Joyzy. I don't think what, I they made a Joyzy Red figure. They made a Joyzy Red figure. And uh-huh. what the Grunt is the Grunt the one with the mohawk? Is that right? Yeah. Okay. The one that turns in like a lizard thing. Yeah. Uh, Chakahachi and Lotus. Yeah. Uh, Tall Thug and Short Gangster. Those are the other two. Those are the other two. That, the one that aren't the one in the Scrag hat. and Bebop and Rocksteady. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or High Five and the other one. Oh, yeah. The, the part of the. That. Yeah. It, it's weird that they're like including J- Joyzy Red, but not like the rest of the gang that she's actually with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just assuming no one will notice. Yeah, right. Uh, Dirk Savage and Mona. I might pick that one up. Mighty Hog and Rhino Man. I'll probably get that one. Rex One. Yeah. Uh, the the Stan Sakai version of Usagi. Uh, what's that one? Is it the it's black the and bla- white one. Yeah, it's the black and white one. Um, but the difference was is that like the Stan Sakai version had um had the slip cover and that's what you were paying extra for because he was like doing little remarks on all of those okay i'd probably pass on that i i don't like i don't like how they like colored the uh his his robe like dark yeah me neither you know, like it yeah. should be it should be like the polka dot version but yeah neko wasn't gonna do that so. yeah 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 um so that Usagi, and then the uh, accessory set for the tune line. What, so what all comes in that, and how much is it? Do you know both of those uh, off so the top yeah. of your head? I will get you all those prices in just a minute. Cool, because I'm, I'm on the fence on that. I do want Baby Turtles, but I don't know that I need all the other junk that comes with it, based, probably based on the price point, if nothing else. Uh, I believe it is $50. Okay, that ain't bad. It's not the, yeah, not the end of the world. Uh, it's the four baby turtles. Come on, I'll go through it all. Hold on. Uh, anyway, so that is that is that. Uh, that is everything that is showing up for Holothon. Man, I just keep looking at the the Shredder clones, and I'm just like, without the, you know, if if you didn't get that the the claw hands one yeah then yeah, you're kind of then why the loot crate it's like <laughs> then why you know yeah, exactly exactly yeah. like, uh you so gotta have all three i i thankfully have the lobster the lobster clone so okay i was thinking i think about this way too much but i think they should have named them because i've seen the four-armed one called the shiva shredder and then we know there's a shark shredder later on right in so yeah, Mirage, that's like Tales of the TMNT volume two. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then the other two, I think they co- should have called him like the Shrimpy Shredder, like the tiny one. I think and I've then, heard them call him like Shrimp Shredder before. And then Spiny Shredder. So they all start with like an S, right? 
Hire me, NECA. Somebody posted a picture of the ex- like everything that was listed on it. So I'm trying to find that. Sorry, I'm I'm also kind of stalling here because I'm trying to get my notes in order. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> so uh, this is yeah, a that, that gave stalling. that gave me enough time to <laughs> that gave me enough time to find find the description on the back of the box. Okay. So I have all of those a photo of it. Oh man! So I listened to the episode you guys did with uh, is it Cody? It is Cody. Cody. Yeah. Um, and the whole time y'all are like. Michelangelo never turned into a baby, but they're putting the baby in here. I'm like, guys, back to the egg. Well, I did, I egg. did, I, I did say I'm pretty sure they've done it before, but I couldn't remember where it was. Couldn't remember, yeah. yeah. So I'm pretty sure they have done the baby thing before. But these ones are clearly based on Adventures in Turtle Sitting, right? I not it's on weird too to, to think back and be like, it's the one where uh, Krang hires the circus wrangler to uh, kidnap the turtles with his like uh, guard dog thing, and that's why they turn them into babies. I'm like, what? Mm. What am I doing with my life that we watch the show? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't asked in a while. How's the kiddo? She's doing good. She's uh, she's kind of falling back on not sleeping through the night, so that's been, that's been fun. But yeah, she's doing good. She's like standing, uh, getting herself up on her feet and kind of kind of cruising a little bit. Like if she's she's on a table, she can kind of take a couple steps, you know. Oh, that's so today she got into my room and was trying to get on my shelves. I'm like, oh crap! <laughs> <laughs> I thought I had longer. <laughs> not, not daddy's toys, please. No, yeah, she tried to get my Guy Fieri uh, pop figure. I'm like, no, 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 that's that's for display, not for chewing. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, like, I, I finally found like a Hellboy figure that I wanted. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, cool, I'm gonna buy it and I'm gonna put it with like my turtles. Uh, I knew, I knew it was a knockoff one but I didn't do enough research to see the difference between the original and the knockoff. Uh-huh. And the knockoff one is uh, quite a bit shorter than the one it's based off of. Oh, uh. because they literally like chopped off the ankles. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, they, so like the original one has like, has a different type of like ankle joint. Uh huh. And oh, so okay. the bootleg, the bootleg doesn't copy that. The bootleg, like, literally just chopped it off and uses a different one. Uh huh. Which is fine. I like this one better, but they uh-huh. didn't like remold it to take up that like extra space. So it's literally shorter. Um, because I wanted to put him with like my my Mirage turtles, but he's like he's they're almost as tall as him. Oh, oh that doesn't like oh man right yeah bummer. I kind of have a similar but different issue with the Casey Jones from the Mirage universe they made where like it looks like his like his leg comes down all the way to an ankle and then the boot starts. It's like he his legs feel very long to me. And so I just have to put him behind all the other turtles so I don't see it. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm probably going to like put this with like my 2012 turtles, like the, the first wave that looks a lot different than the show. Uh-huh. I love those turtles. They're so cool. Yeah. Um, I'll probably put him with those. All right. Cool. Man, I can't wait till that new Hellboy video game comes out. Oh, yeah. I forgot that was coming. Yeah. 
it's like web of word or worm or something like that i, I don't know but it's sorry web of what web of word or something like that it's like spelled like a oh. y like okay. w y why they just announced uh a new mortal Kombat too i saw that yeah or it leaked out of a call or, or a new like um that. well no it was in the i think it was in the playstation thing today um oh, sorry i meant to say i meant to say they announced a new hellboy movie oh, oh yeah i saw that too i, I haven't seen I, the last one yeah don't bother yeah me neither <laughs> the david harbour yeah i yeah. can't get the time back like <laughs> and I'm, I'm a hellboy fan like yeah I, I know you are wow. i've you know it i love the comics like, and it sucks because i like um david arbor yeah and and he wasn't i mean i don't know he didn't do a bad job acting of course you know but the movie's main issue was is that they're like so if you're reading like the omnibuses right the story they decided to adapt is three books into the omnibuses but also they decided to like put hellboy at the very beginning of his story arc and introduce you to trevor brutenholm and have him die and everything and like I, I don't know, like, so it just ended up being like, you're, they're adapting the story that requires you already knowing something that's happened in two omnibuses worth of comics. Oh, yeah. And, and so it's just like, endless exposition, like the whole movie is exposition occasionally interrupted by an action scene. Hmm. It, like there's straight up like the scene before he goes on like the hunt when the one guys try to kill him. Uh and like just out of nowhere, this lady that's supposed to be some sort of witch or like fortune teller just just walks into the room and just starts like saying all this stuff about Hellboy and who he is, like in the middle of the movie. Like just, <laughs> just walks out and she just comes out of nowhere and just starts just like saying he's gonna bring the apocalypse and all this stuff. And you're just like, Where did you come from? Yeah. Who are you? You're just the exposition lady they brought in so that we get who Hellboy is supposed to be and like <laughs> anyway wow it's just yeah and then at the very beginning of the movie they tried to like adapt the vampire story from hellboy in mexico and like have like the very end of it it's just hmm. oh man i it just was so frustrating because it's like they they did like straight up take some scenes straight out of the comic book but you know you got to do better than that yeah <laughs> to, to actually you know do a good adaptation of a comic i don't know anyway i really like that first uh ron perlman one mm -hmm. um i know it's like quite a bit different than the comics because he's like he's not like an underground figure in the comics he's kind of publicly known as a detective but yeah i i that movie has a weird <laughs> i have this weird memory of that that uh for a while you could get netflix on your 3ds uh -huh. yeah. so I watched I watched Hellboy on my 3DS and I was Me like, too. What? yeah, what, what a weird, what a weird time. Um, yeah. The other thing that I have an issue with, and this is with all the movies. I mean, I like, I like the, I like the Ron Perlman movies. I think they're pretty good. They're very enjoyable and, and charming. But uh, at the same time, they keep doing this thing where they're like, oh, Hellboy, because he ages slowly is still like a teenager. And it's just mm -hmm. like, can we, can we stop it with like the Hellboy's like a teenager? He's not like a teenager. He's like burnt out. <laughs> yeah. You know, he, he's more just like burnt yeah. out. Doesn't take crap from anyone knows he's indestructible guy. You know, he's, this is his nine to five kind of thing. And he's just, you know, living the grind <laughs> until he leaves to go to Africa. Uh, when he leaves the BPRD, 
I don't know. It, it's just, it annoys me they're like so much. And they're like, oh, he's like a teenager. And I'm just like, no, he's not. It's not accurate. <laughs> but like I said, they're, they're still like the, the Ron Perlman ones are still good movies. I really like those. Uh, yeah. It's been, it's been a minute since I've seen Golden Army, but mm-hmm. um, I, I still really think that like was as good, but the, the first still, one's great though. And that's the thing is like, I love the first one. Um, more than golden army but like everybody swears that golden army is the better movie and i'm sure i'm like i'm yeah. sure it is but it's like it's such a different feel i see i don't think the it's first the better one. movie and i i've heard people say too like it's so much better than the first one I'm like I, but did you see the first one though like it's really yeah. really good <laughs> no i i really like i i think i prefer the first one too i mean the I first one has one. him just like going to a grave and like bringing a guy back to life and using him as a guide yeah. and wearing him on his back. yeah i know right yeah <laughs> i think the second one gets like extra bonus points because it's all like guillermo del toro uh monsters and stuff it's it's, it's mm-hmm. guillermo del toro with a budget yeah, yeah yeah and and like that looks great but I think that's where it kind of gets lost. Like, cause then it becomes like, it doesn't become a Hellboy any movie, movie anymore. Yeah. It's Pan's it's Labyrinth like, 2. It's Pan's Labyrinth 2 or yeah. whatever other dream project he's got, which is just guest starring Hellboy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, I want a Hellboy Ninja Turtles crossover. It could totally oh, work. Honestly, honestly it's right there, easily. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's half the reason why I wanted this Hellboy figure. Cause it's like, if they're not going to do it, I'm going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> like not only do they look great together, uh, like like them being like green and him being red and they're just not human, but you could easily just have Hellboy investigating something supernatural in New York, and the turtles are also there. Or he could straight up be investigating the turtles. I mean, granted, I feel like you have to have yeah. a bigger problem there for them to to clash over. But IDW had this big crossover uh, infestation. Yeah, yeah, and, I never and, read uh, it. Yeah, the turtles had like two issues of it, but they were like they were there was like a Lovecraftian monster thing. Mm-hmm. It's like it's really too bad that IDW didn't have a license for Hellboy because like that that was the the moment, you know. Yeah, but I I, I feel like you could easily try and like put something supernatural in there and okay. have the turtles you know go up against it and with Hellboy, yeah. you know, with him totally. investigating. Do they have any? Because they're both in. Uh, what injustice right do they have any like special dialogue with or anything do you know off the top of your head? um i don't think I they mean, have any i don't think they have anything with each other they do i mean like everyone kind of has stuff that they when they like there's nothing i guess like very super character specific that only they share oh okay. that's what i that's what i mean that's yeah that's what i was asking if they have like, like i don't think they have like well hellboy is not like you guys look weird yeah like, i think i think hellboy actually does say to Raphael something about like you got to get rid of all that anger, kid. And then Raphael says something, and then he's just like, "It'll bring you down." But that's, but that's like, like the same line. Away. But that's like the same line he'll say to like. Um, Did he say it to Robin? That he'll say to like Robin or something. Okay, that, that's what I'm saying. Robin. Like, yeah. There's nothing that's just between the two of them. Yeah, yeah. I know that. I mean, granted, she tells this to other people too, but Starfire tells like you know, Leonardo that Dick would have liked him kind of thing uh you know drawing i guess illusions between the two characters trying to remember some of the things they say i usually play michelangelo so i'm trying to think of i think like mikey asks him like what the shell are you supposed to be and then hellboy says something (laughs) i didn't see i don't think i watched the whole thing but it was just like a 
a super cut of like everyone loves Michelangelo in, uh, uh, <laughs> in that uh in that game. It was pretty cute. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. That Hellboy with the uh <laughs> is it oh, is yeah. it yours? No, that's as I'm saying that that's the real figure. Oh. But he's a little bit shorter because they cut the ankles off. Yeah, so see so see how like those ankles um it has that like that cutout right there. Mm-hmm. So these ones cut right above it. So I actually do want that Hellboy figure. That's really well, cool. That's man. that's why I bought the bootleg because that Hellboy figure is like three hundred bucks now. Boo! Good God! Holy yeah. shoot! That's why. That's why I had to resort to getting the bootleg. He looks good here with the movie turtles. I bet he would look good with the cartoon turtles too. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got kind of a cartoony look. Man. I know. And it's like, cause I was, I was, I was debating on getting it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like waffled too much on it and I finally missed it. Apparently I waffled too much on it too. <laughs> yeah. Right. God. Shouldn't have stopped for those waffles. I should have bought the damn figure. I, I know. Yeah. I should have just, <laughs> just bought the damn I'd figure. I've seen it, but it was just expensive, and it was a figure, and I was like, "What am I yeah. going to do?" With it was this? like it was like a it was like a hundred and twenty bucks, and I was like, yeah. Oh, oh, even that's too much. But yeah, I'm super cheap though, so me too. But yeah, so I sent you the the bootleg and the real one, like side by side. Yeah. yeah. I mean the the bootleg looks pretty good still. Yeah, like the bootleg looks like still looks great. It's just shorter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like you can you can see it. It's like they literally just chopped it off right there at the ankles. Yeah, it makes his arms look a little long, but yeah. it's still really good. Yeah. Which I don't mind his arms looking long because it's Hellboy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, and if looked... you're me, you like put the arms up so you can't really tell. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm never going to have his arms that low anyway. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So, yeah. How much is the bootleg? Uh, you can you can find them pretty cheaply. I got this one. Um, I could only I only found one, um, on eBay, and mm-hmm. it's, uh, it, it came from Australia, so like shipping sucked. Yeah. Um, but it was like, it was like fifty bucks. It's not Ooh, bad. That's more in my price range. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> do uh so is it a full separate head with the horns or do or do the horns come out of the head uh the horns come out of the head so there's That's two cool. heads there's that there's that that kind of grinning grimacing face mm-hmm. and then there is a um a more like stoic expression but oh, the that's horns the, that's the one in the other picture okay cool well uh yeah in the in the picture i sent you with the turtles yeah yeah um and so, yeah, that one. And so the 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 uh, horns come out; they're they're pegs. Mm-hmm. And so you just pop them out, and you can swap them between the two. That's really cool. Yeah, I really I really like the figure. I don't I don't care. It's bootleg. I think this guy that took the picture of Hellboy with the turtles needs to dust, though. <laughs> you see the the sidewalk there. You can see like where a turtle's been standing for two years. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the same thing happens to me with my pops, though. Like I'll start looking at them, and I'm like, "That's a little more gray than I remember it being." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh man, how do, you, so... how, how do I dust my pops? <laughs> yeah, I 
man mine have like spider webs on them and back in october i was like yeah that's kind of festive i'll leave them up there and now it's like the end of february i'm like what how have I not found five minutes to take a duster to these things? The, yeah. the worst is like sticky dust. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you get that. Yeah, we just no, get all I've kinds of it. dust all the time. That's ridiculous. Anyway, that's a half hour of bonus content. Yep. We'll Hope you enjoyed it. A bit of it out, but Hope you no, enjoyed it, guys. The... Don't you cut a word. <laughs> well, just, just cut out the part where I called Cody. Cody Corey. I'm going to, don't worry. I mean, the whole first part was just us talking about news that we'll be talking about later. So I think we're yeah. good. Oh, yeah. Until okay. we started talking about Hellboy, I think. Just <clears throat> all right, we'll get us started. <clears throat>